Coming up next in The Ziggler Show. Who do you most want counsel from? I like mind games because I think that's primarily what life is. In this episode, I wanted to get us focused on what counsel we most desire if it was critical. So I asked the Ziggler audience this clarifying question. You must spend two hours with someone for pure Q&A. You ask questions, they give answers. Who do you choose and why? Well, people came back with answers such as Adam Grant, Matthew McConaughey, anyone in Congress, Caesar Augustus, Ronald Reagan, any former president, Stephen Curry, Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, Gary Vaynerchuk, Andy Andrews, C.S. Lewis, and many others. But far more important than who was why. I mean, to think like with a genie in a bottle, if you were to get one wish, if you could get two hours of counsel with anyone, and I did ask it to be a mortal, even if deceased, who would it be and why with the why really helping give us focus on what the top priority is for our help and growth in our lives today? Whether you could truly meet with that person or not, it sheds light on where you now spend your counsel budget. Even if it's listening to podcasts or reading books, are you giving this area that you pull out focused priority? This is the show today as Tom Ziegler and I talk through the comments. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziggler's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person, then do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life, and we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad, and we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my True Life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically so your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit ziggler.com. Connect with Tom Ziggler and the Ziggler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. All right, Tom, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read through a bunch of these. You just, you jump in if any of them strike you. And then at the end, I want to share, uh, some of what this brought me to, as I, I love the discovery of these shows, you know, that we don't come to, uh, deliver this. We figured out the truth, but we are figuring it out together. Fair. Sounds bueno. Bueno. All right. Lisa Castone. She says uh, she would spend her two hours with Adam Grant regarding his perspective on effective leadership and staff retention in healthcare. It's pretty specific. I like it. All right. Jamie McClellan, Matthew McConaughey, especially after listening to his new book, Green Lights. So somebody got me that book. Uh, I did start to read it. And the admission is it didn't initially grab me and I haven't gone back to it yet, though I do like him as an actor. All right. All right. All, all right. right. All right. <laughs> there I, you go. It would be fun. I tell you what, I, um, you know, politics and beliefs aside, I have a real appreciation for artists yeah. uh, who can 
who can do something that's foreign to me. Uh, so I would not at all mind hanging out uh, with him specifically talking about his craft. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's, that's what I, uh, and I'm not a huge, I don't really go into ratings, celebrities and movie stars and singers and all that stuff, but I think he's done pretty well. <laughs> I would like to see how much time he invests in honing his craft. Yeah. Because I remember when we had Simon Sinek on and, and we, you, you asked the question, well, you're a great speaker. You know, how did that come? And he said it's the hardest thing he ever did was try to figure out how to deliver a compelling speech. Yeah. Right. And so we forget sometimes the, the people who are so good, they make it look easy, how hard it was for him to get there. I totally agreed. And Matthew's interesting to me because you have actors who have done such a great job at leveraging their ability to become somebody else in an acting role. He's one that strikes me as he figured out how to leverage kind of being who he is, you know, <laughs> which is, that's what I want to do. That's what my interest would be because that's, I, I'm not going to, I'm not an actor in that sense of becoming another person, but okay. Interesting. Uh, Leslie Redmond Clemens, which I got to point out, I, I went to grade school with Leslie. You know, it's one of those people you go to grade school with, and then 20 years later on Facebook, you run across or whatever. So that's just kind of fun. Uh, she says, if I thought I would get truth, it would be someone in Congress because I really want to know what the heck is going on in America right now. That's, that's probably speaks for half the country, if not more. Uh, <laughs> good luck with that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Greg, yeah, Payne. Gonna, you're going to have to speak to a lot of congressmen, yeah, to I, out, I, congresswomen I, to figure that one yeah, out. I get the spirit of it. Greg Payne says, I think Octavian uh, Augustus, I would like to know more about how and why he developed from who he was before and during uh, the, the, the triumvirate uh, to seemingly challenge, uh, changing himself to become one of the most influential rulers. Plus the Italian dinner would be great. And I, I wrote back to Greg, okay, he gets extra points for thinking about whatever accoutrements might come along with who he meets with. I hadn't gone that far. Uh, Troy Stone King. I would actually, I've got, I've got a group here of four. Oh, let's see. Is that right? Four people, no, three people who was a similar vein. Troy Stone King. I would likely go with Sir Winston Churchill. He experienced military and political failure, then went on to be the leader and inspiration to Europe for the Allies to win World War II. It'd be powerful to hear firsthand the stories and the thoughts he experienced during those times. Uh, Scott. Oh, and then he also said, uh, my second choice would be Ronald Reagan because his similar firmness of conviction and lack of fear were major factors in the end of the Soviet Union. Scott Womack followed right that Ronald Reagan, my hero growing up, his wisdom still speaks to me today. Jeff Bayless said any former president, and it wouldn't be about politics. It'd be a lengthy discussion of what the experience of that seat was like. Who helped you get there? How did you cope with the pressure? Uh, who helped you the most in dark times? What was the hardest decision you had to make? Were your ethics challenged and why? I could pick any former president's brain for hours. Uh, and that comes, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to jump in there, but I, it's just interesting to hear what we choose and why. And that's really what, you know, at the root got to me, uh, uh, Tom, and we'll talk about, I'll, I'll share that part when we're done here. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the of knowing the how presidents think. Yeah. And uh, what would be really interesting would be to have enough time with three or four of them to see the similarities and differences. Yeah. I just can't even imagine the pressure. I can't. I, I'm coaching right now. You'll appreciate this, Tom. I'm coaching a coach, a guy you know. And, uh, you know, he's a coach, has been a, a top sports coach. And I was intrigued by his, as an offering that he has to give to people, so much knowledge of making decisions, not at the presidential level, but still making decisions where he knows it is only, it's not going to please a lot of people. Some people will be thrilled. Some people aren't. And there's no decision he can make that will please everybody. It's impossible to do. I mean, we could all say, oh, we all have those. But I, I have not, not at that level. I put myself in a position. I don't like conflict. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take one of those roles. That's too, it's just too far out of my lane, but man, I have appreciation. Like you say, for people who have to make gigantic decisions that are going to get them uh, hung over here and applauded over here. That's that's difficult. Sean Langwell says Stephen Curry, which I'll have to admit, I had to look up who that was. I'm not a sports follower at this point in my life. So it's the basketball dude, right? Is that who we're talking about? Okay. Uh, Greatest shooter ever. Okay. Well, see, there you go. Sean said, uh, I'm knee deep in finishing my book on confidence. And to me, he is the poster child of everything that embodies that one word. If his agent would allow, it would be amazing to add his insights uh, oh, he said next to yours. I guess he means me and several others for street cred and helpful advice. Oh, maybe he just means add it to his. Jason Stein, Jordan Peterson, and Elon Musk. I, that's That would be interesting, both of those guys. So that appeals to my nerd brain. I knew it would. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go with you. Yeah. And when you get that set up, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can join them for a space ride or something like that. Uh, Carmen Shank says, I think Gary V would be fun, but not for two hours. <laughs> Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you don't know him, well, how do we describe him? Very outspoken businessman. Uh, very high, high energy. Seems like a good guy, but he has a certain flavor that... Uh, yeah, some people get and like, some people don't. Scott Moore, here's one. You like this, Tom. Andy Andrews, because he knows a lot about history, and I appreciate his, his perspective. And then just for fun, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, they'd have some great stories. Man, I agree. That would be fun. But for progress, yeah, Andy Andrews, of course, you and I have had the distinct pleasure of having some time with him, and it was a gift. It was a traveler's gift, even. Great. Yes. Gregory Byerline. And I did put later on, I said, hey, if it's somebody who's deceased, that's fine as well. Um, actually, he said deceased. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, C.S. Lewis. Uh, and top of my list too, man. I wish I could do that. Abraham Lincoln, Joan of Arc, MLK. Currently living, John Williams, a composer, Misty Copeland, a ballerina, Orrin Lyons, Native American chief, and I don't know how you say the name, Jelaine Maxwell, a sex trafficker or somebody who's an expert in there. Faye, uh, let's see, uh, Faye Bryant. She says, I struggle with these. I want to speak to so many in history and so many from now that I can't choose one, which is going to bring me to where we're, I want to go in a minute of just, you know, who is it we would want to meet with and why? What's the purpose? This is great. This is convicting to me, Tom. Ed Draves, he said, my old boss, Bert uh, Na Na Natarius, 
He was incredible to us, built the largest wine store in New York, uh, New York state. He gave me my career and invested into all his employees. Man, what a testimony is that? Yeah, that's, that's significant. Christine Apple said, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Laura McCorkle, my grandparents. I love hearing their stories. Renee Vidor, I think she is a coach of some type. She said, right now I have a desire to sit down with either Oprah or Carrie Underwood. Interesting. Kimberly Jolly, Joyce Meyer, a lot of people know her. Uh, and she also says, my ancestors, she came from, came to America from Spain. Dan, wow, that's, that's what's that? cool. What's that's that? cool. Just going back to your ancestors who risked everything for a new, right, a new life. That's kind of cool. That is, as you look at the genetic, people are so interested in genetics, where they came from, where they belong, what influenced their literal genes. Yeah, that would be. I, I admittedly have not invested much there. Wendy says, I would love to have met and talked with Mr. Zig Ziglar himself. And we, we had a handful of people that said that too. Dan Guinan, uh, Chuck Colson, Ashley... I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Child snicked? I don't know. Uh, General James N. Matisse to have commanded men in three wars. How did he cope with sending young men into harm's way then to serve as secretary of defense? His decision put lives on the line. I could not imagine that kind of pressure. Uh, and then he said, this might be an odd response, but I'd also like to sit down with you, Kevin. I listen to you weekly. However, I have questions for you. I'm honored and a little scared. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think if you get a fast food lunch somewhere, Kevin's probably all in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, Gina Rath said, Sir Richard Branson, a modern day visionary and someone not afraid to take chances or uh, recreate. I admit I would be interested in that one as well. I'll go with you on that one. Robert Bell, John Wesley, why and how to best understand discipline and champion it. Uh, Terry Johnson said, oh, boy, got to be Zig, but Tom will do, though. How's that? <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Yeah, man. I like the smiley, laughy face. I, I do, too. <laughs> oh, he also said Jack Nicholas would be great. Oh, yeah, Jack. He is, uh, the, he is the goat. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. Jerry Goddard, uh, he said, um, actually, I'm going to skip to the one that I was really interested in, Charles Manson. Only when he is on his medication and because, <laughs> yeah, and because uh, he is the personification of failure, evil goes without saying. That's pretty interesting because uh, we tend to think about somebody we want to glean, you know, positive insight from. Maybe this is a negative insight, but I, that would be that would be interesting. Um, and he, he shared some more as well there. Well, Tom. Ultimately, though, in reading through those, it was interesting to look at who would we want to meet with and why. I was interesting. And there, it's very tempting. I think you and I both can relate to this to say, I want to meet with somebody just because of interest, just things I'm curious about. I'm a fan of curiosity. I appreciate that. Uh, so that's interesting. I, I took this with my own bias. It was my question. And I was thinking about what do I want for my progression? Like, what do I most need now? And the honest truth is, as I looked at that more, what the value came to me is I need to spend more time thinking about that and 
and trying to do that. Who is the person I want and making that a goal to get in front of them? Cause really there's a, there's an endeavor right now. I mean, I could look at lots of areas and, and, you know, if I looked at any, I would say, gosh, spiritual is probably the most important thing that I would do. And I, I would be interested to sit down with Frederick Beekner. That's a guy I read a lot. He is still alive. He's really old. I don't know how cognitively uh, capable he is these days, but in reading his stuff and looking at spiritual questions and, and things, I would be really interested uh, there. But if I, there, period. If I look at just my business and some of the things that I am feel compelled to do though, as I looked at this, I realized, I don't think I know the person. I think there's somebody out there that would fit who I want to be with. And I haven't figured out who that is. That was my admission with all, again, with all the people I know, it's not discounting anyone. I feel like I've got an incredible golden Rolodex and where it ends, I'll call you and say, Hey, who do you know? Uh, and I'm grateful for, for that as well. And yet I think the person I really want to do, and, I, and it just brought to light the fact that I haven't figured that out for a specific endeavor, a business direction I, I want to look at. I haven't figured out who that is. And this episode is bringing me to, I want to go figure out who that is and then do what I can need to do, whether I need to fly and, uh, you know, uh, uh, just show up somewhere and meet this person and get my two hours. That was, uh, I did not expect that to come out of this. How about you? Yeah, that reminds me of a story. Um, I was in Europe and doing some speaking and Alexandra was with me. And one of the speakers who I'd met on a previous trip over there, we arranged to meet him for, for lunch in London. His name is Paul Barras, and Paul's a very well-known speaker there. He works with a lot of uh, high-end CEOs and executives. He goes in and does a lot of sales training. His background is is a theater, movie, uh, comedian. He's played a lot of stages in New York City when he was younger. Hmm. And so we got to meet him at the Soho Club, and... He was a member there and we're in there and the prime minister's wife is in there and there was a movie star in there. And, you know, so it's kind of this cool vibe and I didn't know him in that context. I just knew him from just a great guy and a great uh, speaker. And Alexandra, I think was 17 at the time. And so at lunch, at the end of lunch, I said, well, well, Paul, you know, my daughter is 17. She's about to go to college. What advice would you give her? You know, all these people. And he kind of leans across the table and he says, Alexandra, you've you got to decide what it is that you want to do. What's the one thing that you just, that you're passionate about, that you want to be the best in the world in, that's going to drive you. You got to decide what it is that you want to do. And then figure out who the best in the world is that. And he goes, let's say you want to be a filmmaker and you decide it's Steven Spielberg. Then what you do is you get on the phone and you call Steven Spielberg and you write him letters and you write him notes and you show up where he is and you let him know that you have as big a passion for what he does as he does. And you're relentless and you just show up as a mentee what can I do? How, how do I learn this? And then he said the most amazing thing. He said, Tom, Alexander, I know all these people. 
they're just like you and me. They're just really gifted in one area, but they've got problems in all the other areas. They, you know, they put their pants on the same way and they're eccentric and some things make them laugh. And, but you know what they love is they love people who are passionate about what they're passionate about. And he just told Alexander, if, if, if that's your dream and nothing's going to stop you, these people, you can, you can, they will make the time for you. And I thought that was really interesting because we all put that immediate block in our head. Oh, they would never talk to me. They would never, but they, they probably would. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this episode asking who you would most want counsel from right now and why. Next, I speak to the struggle with people asking of my own time and input, but I'm in the same boat and often seeking the time and input from others that I desire. And there is great opportunity in asking. I had a guy on that note yesterday contact me. It's on Facebook, you know, where you've got, you know, whatever, four or 5,000 friends and a lot of people you don't know, of course. And, and he contacted and said, Hey, could I, would you talk to me? Would you, you know, would you talk to me or do I need to pay for that? And I, you know, I'm not Winston Churchill. I'm not one of these people, but I'm, I'm privileged to have a decent size, you know, audience, a lot of people. And yeah, there is, unfortunately, it's not a, uh, you know, prima donna thing, but at some point you do get to the, to the aspect of, I mean, you can't just respond to everything, right, Tom? I mean, if you responded to that, it could be, you, if, if I had a hundred million bucks in the bank, maybe, and I wanted to work for, for free, I could do that, but I, I just literally can't. Uh, I mean, there's just, I don't have enough time today. At some point I'm going to go pick my kid up and that's just as far as I'm going to go. And before that I need to pay a bill and uh, talk to a client and do a show and whatever. And so in that, you know, I, and I told the guy, I said, I mean, I, I hate this question because I want to be there for everybody, but yeah, I literally do have, you know, time is, is money and it's hard to do, but you know, what is your question? At least help me at least start off with there. And he did. And I responded and he responded and I just, I'm kind of open and who knows, maybe I'll end up on a phone call with the guy. Uh, maybe he'll pay, maybe I'll offer, I, I don't know. Uh, but you know, same thing has happened with shows. I've had people who contacted me that I did not take. I mean, I, I literally, again, don't have the time to look at every book I give them. A, I don't care who it came from. It's a cursory glance. And if it catches me, it catches me. If it doesn't, I just don't have the need to spend enough time to figure it out. Cause there's another 10 books that I can look at and find one that goes, Oh, that's it. Aside from the stuff that I'm just interested in myself and I'm going after. And there is a reality in there, but man, the amount of people who have gotten through to me, uh, by some, you know, some perseverance is amazing. Even though I caution everybody who hears that, it doesn't mean that you will. And, but I'm the same way. So here I am. I'm going to look for somebody. Honestly, it's going to be in the area of behavioral economics and social reform. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm now based on this show. That's what everybody helped me look at. I am going to figure out who a, a handful of who I think is top of the top. And I will figure out a way to talk with them. So that's my gift. But it was realizing that in the area that I, I mean, if I only had two hours right now, an area of priority, um, that's where I want it to be. And I'm going to go find that person. So to your point, behavioral economics and what was the other social, social reform. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to listen to the Freakonomics podcast. Okay. Which I, I think 
Honestly, Tom, I think I have that. I'm, it's so difficult. I think I have that book. I've never opened it up. Just like here, I got to tell you, here's a good story. I got a request to have, um, doggone it, I forgot his name, Mitch Album. Is that uh, yes. uh, uh, Tuesdays with Maury? Uh, he has a new book. I don't know that it's out yet. I think I got sent a galley copy, got a new book out and I got it. And I mean, I, I absolutely know and know enough to have reverence for that book. I've never read it. Uh, and I had it. I, I found it on my bookshelf at home. I didn't even know I am reading it. I adore it. Uh, it's got me thinking. That's what we talked about in my guys group this morning. Uh, that's what we talked about. And I'm so excited to, you know, to have him, uh, on the show, but I just, for some reason I, I missed, you know, there's so many people that I have not, uh, checked in with Freakonomics is one. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a great that book is fantastic, but they got a great podcast and they're always bringing up like the like the subtitle is the hidden side of everything. OK, like what what rolls behind it? What's underneath that 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 makes it run? And then they they, they cover like uh, housing prices in California and, and all the rules and regulations that have created the fiasco that they have there now with not enough housing. And well, when you say they, are you talking about the authors? So it says Stephen yeah. Dubner and well, I, I mean, I'm sure I could get through to them, um, get them on a show or whatever. So if, if they're, I'll go list stuff. If they seem like the people then that's all I'll go after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause I, I'll tell you, it's a couple of our guests on here that now behavioral economics, I, you know, that's been a direction I've been going for a while uh, in looking at how to make some big, changes in the culture, especially near chronic illness and disease. Uh, it was talking with this year with Charles Koch. We had him on the show and Donald Miller, who actually those guys had been connected. I didn't even know it. And then them looking at institutional change. And that is just not my arena. I'm here just like, you know, you are for the most part looking at individual change, not talking to a group of people, but you know, individual change uh, is where my focus is not institutional. Now, when I say that I won't be looking towards government necessarily, but you know, I, I look at some of the, our biggest private companies as institutions and the power is of course, as you know, unbelievable and looking at that, that's a new area for me. So it's not an area where I have pursued people and the experts enough. Well, I thought maybe I had some, but as I looked at this, I thought, no, I haven't figured it out yet. So yeah, there you go. Yep. I, you know, you just got me tr going there because I love this subject. I love behavioral economics, institution, social institution engineering. You know, how do you get people to voluntarily make the right choice? And there's a lot of ethics that come into that. Mm -hmm. uh, like I read this whole thing on the lottery and what if, uh, because it's a, it's a proportion, it's a, it's a disproportionate tax on the poor is what lottery is. Mm. Cause, because people who don't have money, they play the lottery with the hope they can. And so they've proven it out that, you know, if they could put a percentage of every lottery ticket under your name into a savings account that you couldn't get to until you were 65. Hmm. And it would have a huge win for people because it wouldn't really change the payout enough to discourage people from putting the money they're already wasting anyway into yeah. it. But then there would be a safety net at the end of it. But then you get into all the ethics and morality that goes around to that. So 
It's it's a pretty it, it, it's a I, I love those kind of thoughts. Good because when we're finished with this episode, I got a question for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it off though. Uh, because, you know, on this, obviously, I play so many of the similar... I, I love mind games. I love the concept of manipulating my own mind to try to get clarity. And it wasn't that long ago we did a show, and I think my premise was, if you had to spend $5,000 on coaching, what area of your life, you know, would you get it in? I think that's what I... I don't think I said, what coach would you have, but what area of life? Trying to bring us all, me included, to... What do we most want? What is most important? This was another of those questions. If I had the opportunity, the sacred you know, possibility of being with somebody to glean information, not just for my interest, but for my benefit, who would that be? And that's pretty daunting, obviously. I did, so when it came down to it, I don't have the answer. Oh, well, I guess I do. The answer is I haven't figured that person out. My homework for myself is to go figure out who that best person would be and the realization that I don't, I don't have that person uh, pegged yet, but it's good. And again, in helping me figure out what is most paramount. I mean, that's daunting because we want to look and say, Hey, what's most important to you? God is what most, and I, I ask people just please stick with mere mortals. Cause I know everybody would say that <laughs> I, and not to discount that, but you know, to come back and say, well, because really the question behind it is what is right now, what do you feel like your greatest need is? And I'm afraid from the, the real answer for most of us is we don't know what that need is. If we don't know what that need is, how can we help address it? It kind of comes back to some good Ziegler-esque stuff. You know, if you don't have a goal, then any way you go is fine. Uh, if you don't have a destination, when do you ever going to know if you hit it? I mean, it's just aimless, right? It's yeah, if you don't know where you're going, any directions will do. Uh, exactly. And none of us want to live that way or think we are, but I am, it's part of my book, part of my own story of realizing how much I was driving fast. Didn't quite have a goal selected, man. We're it's, it's Yogi Berra. It's, I, it's a favorite quote. Cause it relates to me. Yogi, you, you know, you're lost. Yeah, man, but we're making good time. Uh, I resonate too much with that, Tom. I, I like, um, where you're going with the question. And for everybody listening, I think this is a great question. I've heard, uh, it, it asked a couple of different ways recently. Yeah. I heard it on the radio, uh, on Saturday, last Saturday on, it was a car show and the, the, uh, guy leading the, doing the talk on the car show. In Texas, they're doing high-speed rail. It's a big proposal between Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. And it's, I don't know how many billions of dollars. And he's like, hey, you know, this is a wonderful idea. I mean, think about it. And then he said, but wait a second. What if you took the same money and you redid the roads and you bought out all the tollways and you increased the width of these things because after all, you know, 10 years from now, self-driving, electrical, electric vehicles, all the things, are we really going to get on a train? Well, the question was, if you have the money to spend, let's say you want to spend $50,000 on marketing because you're just convinced that that's the best thing you should do. Take a step back and say, well, what's actually the best way to spend $50,000? You know, is, is it a website and traditional marketing plan and email copywriters and all that stuff? Or, 
would it be better to uh, pay somebody a thousand dollars every time they got you on a top 20 podcast? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, there's so many options. And then Seth Godin, who is like the ultimate questioner in these kind of things, he, he wrote a whole article on, so you're fixing to go to college and you've got a full ride at the University of Texas, or you can get into Harvard, but you would graduate with $150,000 in debt. Which one do you pick? Mm-hmm. Which gives you the best chance for success? And he said the mistake that people make is they compare University of Texas to Harvard instead of what is the flexibility that $150,000 gives you? I mean, you go to UT, you get your degree, and then you can intern at three different companies for three years, proving your worth and probably get the ultimate job, right? You could, you could buy a house and be, and be, and have a head start on everything. I mean, there's all these things, but people compare two brands that very give you very little incremental difference in the real world versus what that money could do somewhere else. Okay, Tom, we're going to do a show on that. Okay. Uh, on this concept, because, uh, let's, you and I will figure out how to position it because it's so important. It's such a big question to me and it's, elevate catalyst is somewhat two books that you've had, or, you know, you've, you've motivated me to, to read or inspired me to read. One was the future's faster than you think. And then the other new one, the, uh, what is it? AI 2041 on, on that speeding things up because to your question, not your question to your sharing about the high speed rail, the billions of dollars. My first thought on that is, how will that actually help anyone? My, my honest belief is it, it, it won't be a help. And you'll say, oh, it'll save people time to do what with? It'll make their lives more frantic, more harried, more. It's like that question that we look at is what would you do if you had an extra hour in every day? You just waste another hour out of the 24 you already waste. Uh, and we've, we've seen that. How would it help? So with those said, uh, let's craft a show around we'll have to think about how to position it. Like you said, as we look at, we want to compare an apple to an apple instead of consider the third way, consider the orange, consider the outlier that we tend to miss deal. Sounds good. All right. Okay. I'm going to draw you back to something I said in the intro. The takeaway from this episode is where to give priority to the finite amount of time you have to receive counsel. Are you part of an affinity group, uh, you know, paid online group, a mastermind, a church small group? Do you listen to podcasts or read books? I mean, now the question is, is the majority of this time, that time of input spent getting the counsel on what you feel is really the highest priority for you? Or is your daily budget of that time for this kind of input being spent on other input of lesser priority? It may be good, but it's not as great as this top priority. This is a relevant question and focus for all of us that we can take action on right now. Coming up in episode 945 of the Ziegler Show podcast, I bring you John Acuff. Most of you will well know his name. He has a new book and message called Soundtrack. 
the surprising solution to overthinking. And I brought him on the show because it's a message dear to my heart. It's actually part of the premise of my own upcoming book. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Together. 